during these weeks leading up to Christmas, we are looking at the individual personalities who are at the center of the Christmas story. We have looked at the innkeeper. We have looked at Joseph. Next week we shall look at Simeon and Anna. But today we look at Mary. Pray with me, please. Give me Jesus, Lord. Give me Jesus. You can have all the rest. Just give me Jesus. Amen. You know, once in a while, there are lines in television commercials which I can't seem to get out of my mind. For example, a few years ago, there was a commercial produced by the Mercedes-Benz Automobile Company. The commercial showed a Mercedes being rammed into a wall in order to demonstrate how the frame of that car had been designed to protect passengers in the event of accident. In the commercial, an observer of this crash test says to the Mercedes spokesperson, why have you not secured a patent on this crash-absorbing design? Obviously, you have shared your research with other car makers because they are copying you. Why did you do that? With that, the spokesperson responds, and here is the line that sticks in my mind. The spokesperson responds, some things in life are too important not to share. Oh, that's so true, isn't it? There are some things in life which are just too important not to share. That's exactly the way I feel about the role of Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the story of the first Christmas. Of course, whenever we see her so beautifully portrayed in Christmas pageants or on Christmas cards or in Christmas nativity scenes, she always seems so serene and lovely. And the whole matter seems so simple and so easy and so overarched with joy. But the truth of the matter is, what actually happened is far different. There was nothing serene and lovely about it. I mean, it was an incredibly difficult experience for Mary. What with all of the whispers behind her back, the pointed fingers, the raised eyebrows, the false rumors, the malicious gossip, the crude jokes, the cruel laughter, not to speak of a long, hard journey mandated at a time when an expectant mother ought not to be traveling under any circumstances. And then there was that risky birth in an unsterilized stable. No doctor, 
no midwife, no medicine, no anesthetic. Let me tell you, there was nothing serene and lovely about it at all. Think of it. Here was this young girl. That's exactly what she was. She was just a teenager. Here is this young girl of peasant parents in an obscure village in a tiny little indistinct nation. And suddenly, out of the blue, that's it, quite literally, out of the blue, an angel appears to her and proceeds to turn her whole life upside down. The angel said to her, listen very carefully to the words, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Now be honest. Would you have believed that? One of the remarkable things, maybe one of the most remarkable things about the whole Christmas story is Mary believed it. How astonishing. She didn't have to be convinced or cajoled. She didn't demand any proof. She just believed it. She was willing to trust God, even though it put her in a difficult, awkward, complicated, even dangerous position. My guess is that most of us under similar circumstances would have asked the Lord to give the job to someone else. Not Mary. No, no, not Mary. And as a matter of fact, in what Mary said in response to the angel stands as one of the most magnificent affirmations of faith in all of the Bible. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Oh, what incredible faith. That faith is a faith just too important not to share. And so today I want us to focus upon the faith of Mary as it is portrayed for us on the pages of the Bible, portrayed in three bright, bold, colorful strokes. Here they are. Mary's faith enabled her to hear God's voice. I want you to notice first thing. Mary was tuned in to God. Mary was wide open to God's leading in her life. Mary had made herself available. Mary was always listening to pick up anything that God might wish to say to her along her life's way. Mary was always looking hard 
to see how God might be working his will out in her own experience and in the experience of the world around her. She was tuned in to God. That's the first step in faith. I am convinced, dear friends, that God is speaking and acting just as clearly, just as decisively today as he did then. The problem is, too many people are not tuned in to his wavelength. Too many people have surrendered to what I choose to call the sin of the closed mind. You see, we tend, don't we, we tend to think that we have it all, that we know it all, and as a result, we have ears, but we do not seem to listen, and therefore we do not hear. We have eyes, but we do not seem to see. So many people today are not tuned in to hear. God's voice speaking to them. Let me share with you a true story. It's a story told by a man named Michael King. It's a story which takes place in, of all places, the red light district of the city of Amsterdam. In that notorious place, Women actually advertise the selling of their bodies by displaying themselves in picture windows built in front of the various palaces of perversion in that hideous place. There was a particularly attractive woman who was engaged in working those streets and she was on display in one of those picture windows. One day, a man walked by, stopped, turned, and looked at the woman, looked right into her face. He stood there for a time, gazing at her face. She went through all of the motions of her trade, but drew no response from him, whatever. He simply fixed his eyes upon her face. After a time, he turned and walked away. The next day, he was back. The same thing happened. He, he was a nicely dressed man, and he was carrying a book in his hand, and he simply stood there, gazing at her face. Next day, same thing happened, the day after that, and the day after that. At first, the woman in the window was a bit apprehensive about him, but then as day succeeded to day, she found herself strangely attracted to him because he did not look at her the way other men did. He simply stood there and stared at her face, looking into her eyes. And then finally, after a succession of days, she, for the first time, looked back into his eyes. And the experience 
jolted her. For she saw in his eyes what he was seeing through those eyes. But he also, she also saw in his eyes faith and hope. She saw in his eyes the woman she could have been and might be again. The woman who longed to love and to be loved and might again. The experience so jolted her that suddenly her eyes welled up with tears. And the tears began to run down her face. And for the first time, this man on the sidewalk staring at her, looking into her eyes, for the first time, he smiled. A soft, warm smile. And through her tears, she found herself smiling in return. The next day, the man came down the walk and stopped in front of the window. Only this time the chair in the window was empty. Suddenly he felt a tap on his shoulder. He turned. It was the woman from the window. She couldn't say a word. She looked down at his hand and saw that the book he was carrying was a Bible. She then looked into his face never said a word, simply offered to him thanks in the only way she had, a quick, simple embrace from the heart. And then she turned and walked away forever from her sordid life on the streets of the city of Amsterdam. Why? Because she had encountered someone who saw in her all that she could be, and that changed her life. Do you understand that that is exactly what happened to Mary at Christmas? She encountered God who saw in her all that she could be. And that changed her. And do you understand that that is what happens to us at Christmas? We encounter the God who tells us and who shows us all that we can be in life. Mary responded to that encounter by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. What incredible faith. Mary's faith enabled her to hear God's voice. May our faith be the same. Mary's faith enabled her to obey God's will. Are you aware of the fact that in the original New Testament Greek, the word that we most frequently translate in English, faith, is a word which literally means believing obedience. Believing obedience. The word, you see, delivers the message that faith is more than just a thought process. It also means taking action. 
In other words, we believe in God so profoundly that we commit everything we are, everything we have, we commit heart, soul, mind, body, and strength to obeying God's will in life, cost whatever it may. Back when David Livingstone, the great missionary, was serving Christ in Africa, at one point he sent word back to his home country, England, asking if new workers might be sent to help him spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before long, the reply from England came, The reply said, we will be happy to send you new workers if you can tell us if there is a good road to the outpost where you are serving. David Livingstone immediately shot back his response. If you are sending me workers who want to be sure there is an easy road, tell them to stay home. I cannot use them. David Livingstone understood that obeying God's will is a costly proposition indeed. But that's what we see in Mary, that same believing obedience, being willing to obey God's will even though the cost might be high. David Livingstone's faith was very much like the faith of Mary. Mary said in response to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Mary's faith enabled her to obey God's will. May our faith be the same. And Mary's faith enabled her to trust God's power. You know, I've often wondered, I've often wondered when that angel appeared out of the blue and turned her life upside down, I've often wondered if she really understood all that that was going to mean. I don't know. I wonder, for example, if she understood that after the child was born, that she and her young family would then have to run for their very lives to escape the wrath of a murderous king. I wonder if she realized that as that child grew into manhood, that over time he would actually become more God's son than hers. I wonder if she was aware of the fact that the child she brought to life, later on would have his own life brutally snuffed out. I wonder if the thought crossed her mind that the day would come when this child conceived in her borrowed womb would then be buried in a borrowed tomb. I wonder, 
I don't know if she knew all of that or not. What I do know is this. She was willing to trust God no matter what. Terry Anderson, you know that name? Some of you may recall it. Terry Anderson, he was a news correspondent until March the 16th, 1985. On that day, he suddenly stopped reporting the news and started making it instead. For that day, he and several others were seized by terrorists in Beirut, Lebanon. Terry Anderson then spent the next six and a half years as a hostage. And when at last he was released, he demonstrated amazing strength. There were a number of interviewers in the news media who sought to try to get him to explain his secret of such strength. The answer came in the answers that he gave to their questions. Let me highlight just three of them for you. One reporter asked, How did you manage to survive this horrendous experience? Terry Anderson replied without hesitation, My faith, my companions, my stubbornness. A second reporter asked, You have said that you do not hate your captors. Can you help us understand that? Terry Anderson answered, It's simple. I am a Christian. The Bible teaches us that we are to forgive. I cannot hate anybody. A reporter then asked, Did you ever give up hope? Terry Anderson paused for a moment, and then he said, Hard question. To be sure, there were some blue moments, some moments of despair. But shortly after I was captured, one of the first things that fell into my hands was a Bible. I held that Bible close for all those years. And during those six and a half years, I had a lot of time to spend in that Bible. The Bible is about hope. And it's about trust in God. That is what got me through each day. Terry Anderson's faith reminds me of Mary's faith. And that kind of faith is the faith you and I need. The faith to hear God's voice, to obey God's will, to trust God's power. Well, I want you to tuck this away in your heart and let it season there a while. There was an evangelist who had a whole series of cards printed up, which he then used to pass out to people in the course of his work. On each card, question. On one side of the card, there was printed this question. What must I do to be saved? Printed below the question was the answer. 
believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you flip the card over, printed there, another question. What must I do to be lost? Printed beneath the question was the answer. Nothing. Oh, dear friends, Mary didn't just do nothing. Mary believed. Mary had faith. True faith. Faith enough to truly believe. May our faith be the same. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Amen and amen.